Welcome to Market Week in Review for the week ending June 18th, 2021. I'm Chris Cowan. Today I'm joined by Russell Investment Senior Portfolio Manager, Megan Roche. Good morning, Megan. It's good to see you today. Good morning. So given the eventful news this week, it's probably worth jumping right in, starting with what's likely top of mind for many of us, given current market movements. Let's talk about the FOMC's meeting and announcements. What happened and was there perhaps a shift in tone from the Fed? Yes, you're right. While the Fed didn't actually change any policy on interest rates or quantitative easing, the tone of their message, um, given forecasts for inflation and GDP growth to be higher, and the fall in COVID cases driving continued global reopenings, appears to indicate that the time is coming to take steps away from the ultra-accommodative monetary policy that we've had for the last 12 to 18 months. On interest rates, the dot plot where individual FOMC members show their projections for future interest rates definitely showed a more hawkish outlook, meaning that the timing of that first rate hike is sooner than the market was expecting. Uh, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell said multiple times during his statement that favorable conditions may be, may be met somewhat sooner than previously expected. So from our strategist team, that forecast uh, is indicating a timing of around the fourth quarter of 2023. Um, The one other aspect of Fed policy that gets a lot of attention is when the monthly purchases of government bonds, uh, currently about $120 billion per month, is going to be reduced or tapered. Um, For this, Chairman uh, Powell continued to reiterate that plenty of advance notice would be provided, but investors appear to be thinking that that foreshadowing could start occurring um, at the August Jackson Hole or September meetings. And that puts our forecast that the actual process of reducing quantitative easing is unlikely to occur until probably the beginning of 2022. No doubt tied to the subject of tapering or rate hikes themselves, inflation is another primary factor for the FOMC's decision-making process. It's dominated headlines in recent months, but did we learn anything new this week as well? Yes, inflation is certainly playing a part in the timing of the Fed's changes to policy. And this week continued to provide data points around the world that inflation is ramping up. Uh, Last week, we had the US CPI report that outpaced expectations. And then this week, we got additional reports from the UK, France, and Germany, and the Eurozone overall uh, this week, indicating that monthly inflation from April to May is growing, in some cases at a rate of two to two and a half percent from the prior month. Generally, I would say we're not surprised to see elevated inflation during these spring and summer months as we annualize that most lockdown period from COVID in 2020. But some additional factors like supply chain bottlenecks and the rebound in consumer spending has probably added a bit more fuel to that fire than even even the FOMC appears to have anticipated. So for their official forecasts, the median estimate for the 2021 headline inflation was revised up by a percentage point um, to 3.4%, and the core inflation forecast was increased to 3%. But as these transitory factors subside, we do forecast a moderation back toward the Fed's longer-term 2% target. Well, I have no doubt you could opine further on the subject of the Fed. Let's shift towards other economic data released around the world this week, from retail to job figures. Are things continuing to improve, or are we seeing a lapse in strength anywhere? Yeah, probably, as you noted, the most notable one this week was on retail sales. Uh, In the U.S., retail sales were expected to decline slightly following massive stimulus-fueled increases that we saw in through March and April. But the May report did come back weaker than even those expectations, and there was also a report out of the U.K. that came in lighter than estimates on retail sales. Um, However, a decent chunk of that decline was from auto sales, where um, our colleague Paul Eidelman shared last week that the semiconductor supply team supply chain shortage 
has made it difficult to meet consumer demand for new cars, at least temporarily. Additionally, we're also seeing a pivot in consumer spending from goods to services as travel restrictions, which we saw this week for Americans going to Europe, have been lifted. And so folks are excited to enjoy travel and restaurants and entertainment again. So while consumer spending is still strong, it's just not quite at that peak level we were seeing at the beginning of the reopening a couple of months ago. You also mentioned the labor market. Um, We did see some disappointment there. The weekly jobless claims number actually increased for the first time in seven weeks. Um, But the labor market overall was noted by the FOMC as improving, even if the path of improvement is uneven and job creation, uh, particularly over the coming summer and fall months, is expected to be quite strong. I suppose choppy but promising is a fair assessment. Yeah. Now, before I let you go, let's quickly touch on capital markets between equities and yields. What's the general reaction we've seen this week, especially as we enter these final hours? Yes, longer-term interest rates look to be ending the week relatively flat, with the 10-year at about 1.46% this morning. But the curve did flatten, with the short end jumping about 10 basis points following the FOMC meeting. For equities, uh, we came into this week with equities trading at all-time highs. So the fact that the Fed even hinted at a shorter timeline for less accommodative policy was enough to throw the market's momentum off a bit. It looks like we'll be ending the week with global equity markets down around a percent and a half. Uh, During this pullback, we have seen a bit more resilience back in those larger cap growth and technology names, while some of the more commodity and interest rate and curve sensitive sectors like financials, energy and materials have fallen a bit more um, from their reopening highs that have been reached over the past couple of quarters. I would say overall, we do maintain a favorable view of equities tied to economic reacceleration even with the understanding that there may be some bumps along the way as central banks try to calibrate how quickly to allow that acceleration. Well, thank you very much, Megan. As always, we appreciate your insights. Thank you. And on that note, I know summer's officially kicking off this weekend, so I'll let you go and enjoy. And thank you all for listening. We look forward to you tuning in next time. Stay safe and take care. Mm